Good morning, church. You guys wondering what's going on? <laughs> you know by now. <laughs> um, so today is Reflection Sunday. Am I good here, camera people? Can I scoot back a little? Um, today is Reflection Sunday, and I'm going to let Otito tell us all about it and kick us off. All right, praise the Lord. Good morning, church. Are you excited? I'm excited. <laughs> so today is our Reflection Sunday. Um, and what we do is throughout the year, we try to meet a couple of times in the year to talk about our Lord Jesus Christ and the different facets of his life. So far, we've met about three times. Um, and the first session that we had, we spoke about love and compassion, the love and compassion of Jesus Christ and what that meant and what it meant in our life. The second session that we had, we spoke about obedience and how the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ walked in obedience. And today we have a very deep and interesting topic, topic that is near and dear to my heart and probably to all of your hearts. It is intimacy and looking at Jesus Christ, his walk in intimacy and what that means. So I want to start off by introducing our panelists, um, starting with myself. My name is Otito Okoye, and to my right, we have Brother Paul Muhammad. We have Sister Adana Irona. We have Sister Vivian Enemore, and we have Sister Uloma Kafor, and we have my beloved uh, co-laborer, Sister Jessica Emanuel. So we open up our community um, our Community Sunday, our Reflection Sunday, to the glory of the Lord. Amen, amen. So we'll jump right in. Um, this is, you know, the format is more so a Q, question and answer, Q&A. Um, and like my beloved sister said, we're looking at intimacy. Um, intimacy and how Jesus modeled it. Um, I know, and I'm sure you agree with me, it was Jesus's, thank you, thank you for giving me my volume. Um, his intimacy with his father played a key role in his um, ability to succeed, right, in um, his purpose, right? Jesus lived his purpose and lived it out. He, um, he was very, uh, yeah, he hit the nail on the head. He didn't miss anything. He, he did exactly what he was supposed to do here on earth. And a big part of that was dependent on the fact that he was very intimate with, the, with his father. Um, I am going to start off with this scripture, if, if that's okay. This is an anchor scripture for Reflection Sunday, 2 Corinthians 3.18. If you have it up... Um, if you can um, put that up for us. And basically, it says, as we behold Jesus, right? We, we behold him. We behold the glory. I'm paraphrasing. We, we behold the glory and we reflect the same. Our prayer is that as we meditate um, and listen in on this topic of intimacy, that all of us, no matter where we are in our walk with God, we're all in different places in our walk with God, but our prayer and, and the hope for everyone here is that all of us will go into deeper depths of intimacy with, um, with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So with that, I'll start with the first question. So we said, you know, we know Jesus was 100% man and also 
God, right? So in one sense, you could say, well, he was already God. Why did he, did he really need to spend time with God the Father? Right, because they were three in one. They are three in, in one. Um, but we saw that he did it anyway, right? He did it and he did show that intimacy. So I will pose the question to our panelists. Why do you think um, Jesus, Jesus did that, even though he was already one with the Father? And anybody can start us off. Praise the Lord. Can you hear? Okay. All right. So um, I'd like us to turn to um, John 17, 21 to 23. Thank God for the technical department for that. I don't have to use my glasses. Praise the Lord. All right. John 17, 21 to 23. Intimacy, a, re a really deep topic of discussion because sometimes we think we know our father, but he wants us to come in deeper a deeper interaction, a deeper encounter with him. So today I pray that we will come away with the understanding that there is much more in store for us. Our Heavenly Father has great things, great plans. He's not a mysterious God like people think, but the sooner you get to know him, you would find that he's actually willing to reveal his deep secrets to us. Praise the Lord. All right, so John 17, it says... I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world would recognize that you sent me. 22, okay. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. 23. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity, the key, perfect unity. And the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them, praise the Lord, with the same passionate love that you have for me. So the key is perfect unity. Intimacy and unity go hand in hand that the world may know and believe is key, that God sent his son. So Jesus is an expression of God. And so yes, they know that they're united, but that the world may know that God is desiring us to have that same unity that father, son share. Praise the Lord. Wow, that was awesome. Anyone have anything to add to that? Can I just add to that? Um, yes, Jesus needed to show that intimacy. One, to, to let everybody know that he came from the Father. There's, there's unity with the Father, right? Like we, we talk about the Trinity. They're three in one. They have to commune together, right? Um, but also, he had that intimacy to show us how to successfully live in this world. We were all created for a purpose, and we can't fulfill that purpose without intimacy with God. God is the one who created that purpose for us. So for us to fulfill it, we need that intimacy with him. And Jesus showed that example to us. Um, he himself came here for a purpose, which was to die for our sin. And he fulfilled that purpose completely. And even in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8, it says, Though he was God, 
He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. Right? For him to be obedient to God, he has to have that intimacy. He has to hear what God is saying, right? So that's, that's why we really need that intimacy, and that's why Jesus showed that example of intimacy with the Father. I really like what you pointed out there about um, he humbled himself and went ahead and spent time with the Father, showing that humility. Just It's the same with us where we, it, going to God, it's, a, it's an act of surrender, right? It's really saying, I can't figure my life out on my own. I can't, I don't know the answers. I can't put a plan together. I really don't know what I'm doing without you, but I need you. I need your direction. I need your power. I need your strength. I need your grace. I can't manufacture these things on my own. And there's no other place you get that, truly. There's no other place you get that other than the presence of God other than that intimacy, that personal one-on-one um, -on -one time, that personal place of just looking at God and, and um, just having you, you know, you, you minister to God, he ministers to you, and vice versa. So I, I really like that you highlighted um, that humility uh, because it's, it's almost an act of saying, God, I, I cannot do this um, on my own. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. So Jesus being 100% man and God is something that we need to learn. The Bible made us to know that Jesus laid aside all the privileges. He laid aside his glory, everything. And he came 100% like a man. 100%. Why? Because for him to dwell here, the Bible said the earth the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, and the earth he has given to sons of men. He needed to be man. So he laid aside everything. For him to have that intimacy, that means there's some areas he can miss it. Because you know he's, got, he's man. No wonder he told the disciples, it's for your own good I live. Because Jesus cannot be here, here, here at the same time. For him to fulfill that purpose that he came for. He needed to be dependent on the, Holy, the Father, the Holy Spirit. He said, whatever I do is given to me by my Father. So that intimacy, that's the reason why early in the morning seeing him, he go into a secluded area to pray, to ask the Father, what am I going to do? Because, you know, if he misses it, the first Adam missed it. I can't afford to miss it. I need to give my 100% intimacy with the Father, which we need to learn. Because Jesus came to showcase us, the church, the body, what we as believers, the ecclesia, we follow the pattern. Because heaven is about pattern. He came to set that pattern. If I'm depending on the Father 100%, you need to depend on him. If I have intimacy with the Father, you need it because you don't have what it takes to face what is in this, in this world. So he laid aside all the glory. He laid aside the power he had. He laid aside everything. He depended on the Father. If the Father says move, he moves. If the Father says sit, he sits. 
And that is what we're supposed to do. So in that place of intimacy, the Father tells us what to do on a daily basis. Before he leaves, he will go and seek the face of the Father and ask the Father, what am I supposed to do today? And the Father will direct him. So it's very important that we, the church, the ecclesia, learn from Jesus. He couldn't do nothing without the Father. He couldn't do nothing without the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is it okay? I just want to, I'll let you go, but let's show scriptures. To, you know, so it won't be like Oloma is making that up, right? Where, where uh, the Bible mentioned that Jesus went and prayed all night long. Luke 6, 12, please, if you have it. There's, you know, I'm going to, just in case anyone is writing notes, um, Luke 6, 12, is that, is that it? Yeah. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Mark 1, 35. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up. And we know that Jesus was a busy man, right? All through the Bible, we saw he was always doing some people were always around him, trying to touch him, trying to, he was always preaching or this, or he was a busy person. So, but he prioritized his time with his father because he knew that that's where his strength comes from, right? Um, before daybreak, this is now Mark 135, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. He needed to get away from the crowd. He needed to get away from it all. I know back then, it, you know, imagine from the Bible, it, it does look like Jesus was very busy, but we are even busier. I'm sure we, we agree. There's just so much. There's so much that wants to take, that takes away our time. If you're not busy, it just means that you're locked up in your house, and I don't know how you're functioning, right? But everybody, I know there's so much tugging at us, but we know our lives. We know what we're doing. Jesus figured out how to do it. So the challenge to us all, including myself, is how do I set up my life such that I don't miss this? Yeah, because yes, I mean, it's great to come to church, don't get me wrong, and, and you can even have that one-on-one, -on -one, you can pretend no one is in this space, and really it's just you and God, that, that's all possible, but that's just one day out of a week, right? It is important that we make it a habit, and we figure out, how, will, how can I do this? How can I do this? Because a lot of the things that we need in this life, that's where it lies, that's where we got our answer from. We're going to show scriptures and more, more scriptures, but there's so much, there's so much that is dependent on whether or not we are at the feet of the Father. When we make a habit of truly being at his feet, not about ticking up the box and that your Bible app showed that you opened it up one day, right? It's, it's not about that. It's really about that commun communion um, with the Father. Amen. Ada, you had a point. Sorry. I just wanted to illustrate with scripture um, one of the points that Auntie Lama made. Um, this is John chapter 8, verse 25 to 26. And this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. He said um, they were asking him who he was, right? And Jesus, this is his response. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn. But he said, but I won't. And he says, for I only say what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he's completely truthful. He has so much to say, but he didn't say it. 
He had to keep his mouth shut because God didn't tell him to say it. That's how dependent he was on God. You know, so it's if Jesus, who's the son of God, was able to be like that, we ourselves have to even be more dependent, right, on God himself. It's true. We were just talking about this in my Sunday school, how Jesus could have done a lot. He could have woken up every day and just, oh, see this that I can do, doing all. He could have done so much. But to your point, he was in lockstep with his right. And thank you for this scripture. It, it's, it says it clearly that he had a lot, but he was like, okay, should I really do this? Should I really not do that? And we see because he did this, Jesus succeeded in, 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 in his mission. Mission accomplished. Is your mission going to be accomplished? Is my I want my mission to be accomplished. I do want my mission to be accomplished. And for my mission to be accomplished, I need to be like Jesus and find out how in this my life, in the 24 hours that God has given me every single day, I have 24 of it. How many of it can I say, okay, God, yeah, what's up? Anybody else? Good morning, church. Uh, thank you to the crew. Uh, it's a privilege and honor to be here. Uh, to this question, prior to Jesus' arrival on earth, humanity were not relating to God as Father. Okay? So Jesus' humanity were not relating to God as Father. Prior to Jesus' arrival on earth, so Jesus came to establish that relationship that we have a father in heaven. Amen? Amen. Who loves us so much. Who loves us more than we can ever imagine. That was the primary reason that he gave Jesus. For God so loved the world he gave. Amen? And Jesus demonstrated intimacy with the Father. Let's read some scriptures. Some of these scriptures has been read. Uh, in John 10, 38, you see, first of all, John 10, 30, he said, the Father and I are one. The Father and I are one. And then in John 10, 38, he said, but if I do this work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous work I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know that, you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. The Father living in him and he in the Father. So he came to establish that relationship. Reconcile humanity to God, the Father. But he himself is the way through which we go to the Father. Amen? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's a love relationship. 
Amen. 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 I will stop there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so we have, you know, we've we have established that Jesus um, certainly did that. The second question I feel like we started to dabble into already, um, which is, is intimacy something that all believers should desire? Intimacy with the Father. Does anyone have anything else to add to that? If not, we can go to the next question. Okay, all right. So what role does the Holy Spirit play in intimacy? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I really want to thank God for this topic. Um, through this topic, the Lord has really opened my eyes in some areas. And I believe, I just want to say this, I believe that God is about to do something in the body of Christ, and that is why he's repeating himself over and over for us to get prepared for what is on the horizon. The mighty move of God is about to start. And he's getting us ready. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit is something that every child of God needs to develop. The day you gave your life to Christ, the day Jesus came into your life, that very day, the Holy Spirit starts living inside of you. Every one of us, if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. But the difference is, the intimacy. The intimacy here is something you have to consciously develop. And this no wonder the Apostle Paul says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship. If you check that word, fellowship is communion. Koinoni. And then I said, let me search for the meaning of that word. It says, communion means the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental and spiritual level. How many times is the Holy Spirit calling your attention and you are not getting it? You are driving. There is no thought to thought, mind to mind. Deep things call for deep things. And he's there waiting. These days in the body of Christ, we do things with our wisdom. No wonder the Spirit of God is not moving anymore. There's a place the Lord is calling everyone to come to. The place of intimacy. The one we have in the church is okay. The personal one, the Holy Spirit is seeking. He's crying. How is it that we are living in the last day, Joel? I will pour my spirit on upon all flesh, and we're not seeing the mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Is it that probably we're not having intimacy? We know the Bible. Every one of us can quote this Bible, but the power is not there. And it can't just come like that. There's a place you need to set apart and ask the Holy Spirit, I need to know you. The Holy Spirit can never force himself into you. You have to be willing you have to make yourself available. If it's going to take you time to set apart and seek the face of the Holy Spirit, you do it. He wants to talk to us. He wants to reveal the mind of Christ to us. He wants to tell us things that will happen. And he says, what is it? How can I have it? Simply a lifestyle of surrender. 
to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because one thing with the Holy Spirit, he never brings any attention to himself. Everything he does is pointing at Christ, the Father. The Bible says in John chapter 14, 26, and, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, we teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That place of intimacy is that, is that place you study your word. The Holy Spirit can remind you. The only thing he will remind you is what you studied. Okay? What the Lord told you in your, in your quiet time. So he says that he will reveal to you. He will show you things. He will say, just like Christ when he was in the world. He showed him what to do. There were thousands of sick people. But he seen him, few people he would touch. He would go to a place. He said, let us leave. I would like us to go study the Acts of the Apostles. The early church. How these people had intimacy with the Holy Spirit. They couldn't do nothing without the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You hear them, they would say, in the, in the past of the apostles, 59 good times the Holy Spirit was mentioned. 36 times the Holy Spirit was speaking. How many times do we give time to the Holy Spirit? And we shut him down. One thing with the Holy Spirit, he cannot force himself on us. We need to give him room for him to do that he wants to do in the, in the church. We need to open up. And be sensitive in the spirit. That calls for a place of intimacy, personal one. Because if you have those age of personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, he will tell you what to do each day. And if he's going to take him to change everything, that, that's, that be it. Because this is his time. We're in the grace of the Holy Spirit. We're at the time of the Holy Spirit. This is the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. And why are we not having that intimacy? You are driving, you are not talking to the Holy Spirit. You are walking, you are not talking to the Holy Spirit. And you are doing it all alone. Meanwhile, he's the helper. He's the advocate. He's the teacher. He's the counselor. And you are doing it all alone. But the early church, the pattern we need to go, they, these people followed the direction, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and they did explore. No wonder they say, these people turned their generation upside down. I pray that the Lord will bring us to that place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, she said a mouthful there. Praise the Lord. Somewhere in the Bible says, Selah, pause and think. The Holy Spirit is really the revealer of truth. He's the one to point us to the Father through the patterned Son, Jesus Christ. He's the one to reveal to us the way we should go. Have you ever asked yourself, maybe there are so many decisions staring you in the face. You don't know what to do, what step to take, where to go, what should, especially in the end times, there's so much going on, so many voices calling out. So it's very important that we hear the Holy Spirit. He will never lead us astray. What he hears from the Father, he shares and shows us. The Bible says that God has great things in store for us. I could just quickly read that. Um, it's um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 11 from the Passion Translation. And it says, this is why the scripture says, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. Praise the Lord. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest desires. Are you understanding that God is not mysterious? 
He wants to reveal to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit. We can't do without the Holy Spirit. Who constantly explores all things. 11. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and his secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. So I'd like to pause and say that, be still. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Am I saying too much? I don't want to. Okay. All right. Okay. So there's this scripture on my heart that says, be still and know that I am God. Cease from your hustle, your bustle. Pause. There's too much traffic. Pause. Take a long look. Spend time basking and lingering in the presence of God. God really wants to speak to us. He loves you so much that he wants to share with you the great things he has for each and every one of us. Praise the Lord. Um, I just want to add um, to what they have said so many wonderful things. The spirit, is, the spirit of God is so needed in these last days, right? We have established that Jesus walked by the spirit. He's our example. We also ought to work, walk by the spirit. In Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 20, it says, You sent your good spirit to instruct them. And you did not stop giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. The spirit of God is here to instruct us. So that means if, if there's an instructor, that means that we have to be teachable. People who are teachable, who are willing to sit under the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think we know everything. And at the end of it, we, we come to an understanding that we actually don't know much. But the Holy Spirit is there to, God has given him to instruct us. And in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse um, 26 to 28, and it says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. God wants us to respond to him. In that communion, in that dialogue with God, he wants us to have a responsive heart because, again, going back, is a teachable heart, a heart that is willing to listen to what he has to say. And not just listen, but to do what he has instructed us to do. We can't neglect it. Like, the, I, I don't know how we are living our daily life and we're not dependent on the Holy Spirit. How can we? This is the, the spirit that has been a seal over our heart, that God has put a seal over our heart by his spirit, right? So now, now that he has given us the spirit, how are we living without him? Even Paul is like, he, he, he what rebuked the Galatian church. After you have been walking by the spirit, now why are you doing things on your own? Why? We have to come to that realization of a need for the Holy Spirit, a total dependence on him for everything. There's a, I told one of our ministers, I will steal this quote from him because it just, it basically illustrated everything. I, I was like, wow, this is like a very clear way to put it. Here's what he said, sent to us. We are called not to know the Bible or listen to a ton of sermons in church or online, 
we are called not to write down every word that the pastor says on the pulpit and highlight so many verses on the Bible app. We, we know like we go in and highlight so many, everybody's like liking this Bible verse and all that stuff, right? And every chapter looks like a rainbow after we highlight it. Instead, we are called to experience God and the reality of who he is. To gain firsthand or direct knowledge of the Lord Jesus through a direct, intimate relationship. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit is not optional. It is necessary as relationship with God is impossible apart from the Holy Spirit. God relates with us through the Holy Spirit. It is his spirit given to us to help us to know him. Without that private fellowship with the Holy Spirit and obedience to his promptings, all the sermons, all the Sunday school classes that we join, all the highlighting of scripture is meaningless. Let us abandon this group chat relationship mentality we have with God and engage him in a private, intimate relationship. I feel like that's just, that word is just <laughs> enough. We need to engage God in a private relationship. It's not just when we come out to church and we're like, oh, everybody's dancing, everybody's worshiping God. But when you go in your private time, there's no intimacy. It just ends at church. How can you live life like that? It's no not wonder to be there's so. confusion, right? No wonder sometimes we're confused. Sometimes we don't know what to do. And I'm in this bucket, you know. It's, it doesn't even matter, you know. If whenever there's an absence of this intimacy, you will not have the clarity. You won't. You won't have the clarity. You won't. You will just be um, shadow box, even even though Paul told us not to do that. Yeah, okay, maybe this. Oh, this is what is this is what they're doing. Let me let me go and do too. But when we are in His presence, I really like what you know those scriptures that you were sharing, unlocking the mysteries of God. It is God's desire to unlock His mysteries to us. If the mystery is unlocked, there will be no, you have figured it out, right? If the mystery is unlocked, you have figured it out. You have that boldness now when you just walk in that mystery, in that blueprint for your life that has been unlocked. You just go, 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 no matter what you are seeing. And the power of God now comes and backs you up. And that's how your life becomes a wonder. But it happens it happens when you go in your closet, when it's just you and him. Amen. Thank you very much. Uh, this is a learning journey for me. Amen. Everything that is being said is applicable uh, to me. Even uh, while I was digging deep into preparation for this time, God opened my eye to scripture, you know, that humbled me. Amen? Now, we, first of all, must understand who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And also, he's one of the personality in the Trinity, and he relates 
with us as a person. Amen? The scripture tells us that in the beginning, the earth was without form and void. And the spirit of God hovered on the surface of the earth. The Holy Spirit was the one hovering, searching. And then God said, light be, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit performs the word. Amen? Now let's look at some scriptures to see how the Holy Spirit plays a role in our intimacy with Christ Jesus. In John, John 16, from verse 12, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but I cannot, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit brings guidance. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Like we have mentioned, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us things to come. Verse 14 says, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare to you. So he receives from Jesus and declare to us. In John 14 verse 16, he says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. That he may abide with you forever. So he abides with us forever. The spirit of truth in whom the world cannot receive. So the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. It's only the church. Those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because it neither sees him nor know him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen? Now, the Holy Spirit teaches us, he guides us, he brings direction. The Holy Spirit is the author of these scriptures that we read. The scriptures say, men wrote as inspired by the Holy Spirit. God can say to me, he wants me to move from here to there. That's giving me direction of where to go. Now the Holy Spirit brings guidance by when I stand up, he say, Paul, walk. In order to get there, follow this way. When you get there, be careful. There is steps there so you cannot fall. The word is light unto our path and lamp unto our feet. But the Holy Spirit walk with us to know Jesus. The intimacy with the Holy Spirit cannot be overemphasized in our knowing Jesus Christ. Because that is one of his primary assignments to reveal Jesus Christ. Jesus himself started his ministry by receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John 10, 38, he said, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the 
Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Jesus himself told his disciples when he sent them, he said, go and tarry. Wait until you are endued with power from on That is how much importance Jesus himself placed on the role of the Holy Spirit in our journey. So we need him to teach us the scripture. We need him in our daily life to guide us. We must be people that wait on him. Amen. We Praise must God. be people that wait on him. Praise God. Oh, man. Honestly, my silence is because I'm receiving so much from you all. I'm learning so much and it's pouring so much into my heart. Um, I've been in a, in a season of intimacy with the Holy Spirit and I have seen the transformation of my heart and in my mind and there's absolutely, there's no transformation without the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. He must, you must thirst for that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And um, due to time, I wanna jump to a certain question that the Holy Spirit is placing on my heart. I feel like the congregation needs this question to be answered. So I'm gonna jump, um, um, the people in the booth, if you could just help me, I'm gonna jump to question number seven. Is there a cost for intimacy? Is there a cost for intimacy? You know? Yes, there's absolutely a cost um, to intimacy, right? Um, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37 to 39, it says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. It's not, it's, you know, the scripture is not saying that you should hate your father or mother or anything like that. It says, you can't put anything else above me. I should be number one in everything. So there is a cost to intimacy, right? It means dying to yourself. Dying to your will, your want, everything. It can't be that the Holy Spirit is telling you one thing and you're saying, let me do another. You still have your will there, right? And we, we go through it. We struggle with it sometimes, right? I, I, I'm being honest. I struggle with it sometimes. And God is helping me. Amen. Until Loma mentioned something. She said, you must surrender. Surrender your everything. There can't be one iota of will left in you. If you want this intimate relationship with God, you have to absolutely die to self. So it will be like a sheep. <laughs> Wherever the shepherd is leading the sheep, the, the sheep is following, right? And God likened us to sheeps. And we must act like sheep, like we know nothing. We don't have all the wisdom in the world. God is the only one who is wise. 
And he's asking us to depend on his wisdom. So that means that we can't come knowing anything. We have to come abandoning self and saying, God, whatever you want to do, I am willing. I am surrendered. That's how we, like, that, there's a cost to intimacy and we kind of, it's a process. It's not just a one day thing because the killing of self takes time. But we have to submit ourselves to that for that intimacy. Praise the Lord. It's truly a process. Is there a cost for intimacy? Absolutely. Catherine Kuman would always say, it costly. it's very costly. It costs you a lot to die to the will, to be able to lay your will down at the altar of sacrifice. It's very difficult. On the outside, you look like you're surrendering. The external says, yes, sir. But the real you is on the inside. Between you and your father, he sees your real self, the heart. The spirit man is, on the outside, you're saying yes to everything, but on the inside, you're absolute, no, I can surrender this, I can surrender that, but in this area, that pocket, no, or this. God is asking for your all. It's all or nothing. Absolutely. Matthew, um, because I think you read something to what I wanted to, but let me just add this. Matthew 16, 24, from the Amplified Version. I could just read that quickly. Um, yes, it's really a process of dying daily. I die daily. It's not in one day. Rome wasn't built in one day. Don't expect that in one day you would just be all that. I've surrendered. No, it's a daily. And don't um, um, crucify yourself or beat yourself up too much when it looks like you've fallen. The wise one will fall seven times and get up again. So in other words, God, his mercy, his um, steadfast love never ceases. And his mercies are new every morning. So don't beat yourself up when God hasn't done that. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I don't know if you have Matthew 16, 24. If you don't, but that's fine if you don't. I, have, I can read it. Okay. Yeah, I'll read right. it from here. Matthew 16, 24, amplified is what amplified. you should see. So yeah. then Jesus, okay, I think they have enough. Okay, all right, thank you. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me, believing in me, conforming in me to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. So it's that costly. It's really that costly. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I, I, I want an, a, an example. I want an example of how we have died how we have paid the price of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Sure. Praise God. Before I speak, let me read some scriptures. Please forgive me. Philippians 1.20. Now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life, or death. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith 
and the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? Like my beloved panelists have mentioned, the price for intimacy with Christ to be revealed and to be glorified in and through our life is complete death, number one. Absolute death. Surrender. Amen? I went through a journey uh, in my family life and thank God for the church. Thank God for the pastors. Thank God for brethren around me. It got to a point where every and anything that I cherished, that I was depending on, that I valued, was taken away. Everything was taken away. And that brought, that humbled me. It humbled me to know that, like Jesus said, he said, without me, you are nothing. And that brought me to a place of seeking Jesus Christ, of becoming intimate with him. Brought me to a place where I said, Lord, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. My desire is to see you revealed and glorified in and through my life. Help me to die daily. It came to a place where I died to father, mother, wife, children, ministry, every and anything to see Jesus enthroned on my heart. It was a journey, and I am still in this journey, learning and growing. Is it painful? Yes, it will cost you everything. Jesus himself went through it. He couldn't have ascended, be exalted, if he didn't die. And all the apostles experienced it. Amen? Yes, God. So what are some practical ways um, to, you know, if someone out there is wondering, okay, God, I really want to um, develop this intimacy with you. Can you share what some of the practical ways? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number one is be conscious of the presence of God. You are the body. The body, your body is the temple of God. The Bible made us to know. Honor the presence of the Lord. Yes, we know that we are born again. We have the head knowledge. But we 
need to be conscious that the Holy Spirit, God, is in me. I am the temple of the living God. And therefore, if I'm the temple of the living God, I need to be mindful, especially in the area where the Lord is prompting you, telling you this thing. What makes the Holy Spirit, that intimacy to get dim is when we don't listen. We have to come to a place of listening, a place of obedience, making time for the Lord. You cannot have enough. The Acts of the Apostle, I will encourage us to read it. These people, you see them, three o'clock, they, they have time for prayer. They pray all the time. They devote themselves to the word, to prayer, to worship. And in that midst of that prayer, you see that these people have intimacy. They are so alert to hear what the Lord will say. And there they will hear the Spirit of God said, set apart this person for the work have called him. So one, we have to be conscious. Conscious of the presence of God, obedient to his prompting, making up time. We're living in a time, the devil is a liar. Busy, busy, busy technology. This thing. Taking our time. The devil knows the time is short and we're living in the lazy. How am I going to keep these people busy so that they won't have time for the Lord? Therefore, let me give them this. Let me keep them busy. Let them keep me watching. Let them keep being busy, 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 busy and lose that time. Value your time. Time is precious. The Bible says, teach me how to number my days. They say time is money. Literally, this time is very, very important. Make our time, quality time. We say, this time, Father, is you and I. In the morning, every time, live a lifestyle of prayer. Avoid murmuring. The Holy Spirit doesn't like it. Live a lifestyle of prayer, praying all kinds of prayer, especially times given. Singing melodies in your song, giving thanks to the Lord. The thing that makes the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, Holy Ghost, the power stay, get angry or grieved is when we murmur. Go to the Bible and see what happened to the children of Israel. We can't afford to murmur. And it's one of those things that the enemy is releasing in this last day. People complain a lot. We complain. I, me, myself, I'm, I'm included. I thank God for this teaching because the Lord used it to open my eyes. You have to live a lifestyle of Constant communicating with the Lord. My Sunday school boys say, prayer is talking. Talking. It's not a religious term. Talking to God. And then when you talk to him, pay attention to listening. There's so much noise. It's time for us to call back. Tell ourselves, we've wasted too much time. It's time for us to go back to the base. Watch how the church, the LHR did it. Do what, do what they do. It says that the later rain shall be greater than the former day rain. This is the time. That's why God is bringing up this topic. Everywhere you go, intimacy, relationship with God. Could it be God is getting us ready? There is something coming. This is not about church. Personal, personal, personal. So make our time. Live a life of obedience. Be conscious of the spirit of God. Pay attention. Be alert. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
I'll just um, touch on one topic so somebody else can speak. But um, when you come into the house of the Lord or in an intimate relationship with your father, don't be fake. Romans 12, um, I believe it's Romans 12, 9, 12a. It, says, it starts by saying, don't be fake in the Message Bible. And then I just, I have this acronym for fake. I, I know I used it last time in the Love, <laughs> Love and Marriage Conference, where a fake um, false appearances, false airs, kill the energy to be who God created you to be. So when you're trying to develop this air or uh, the scripture that comes to mind, I didn't give it to them, but I think I can remember it about the two people who came, the Pharisee on one side and the sinner on the other side. And the sinner was, oh, Lord, I just don't know my left from my right. Here I am. Don't know what to do. But then the Pharisee, you know, oh, thou Lord, this sinner over there, thank God I'm not like him. You know, God doesn't want us to come with that kind of attitude. He already knows you. There's no point trying to be who you're not. So you might as well come with your baggages and all and just ask the, the God who is able to help you. Just be sincere. Be an open book, naked and unashamed, authentic. There's no artificiality between you and your father. So just take note of that. Don't be fake. Praise the Lord. I just want to add like um, a practical aspect to it, right? So it can look like this in your day-to-day -day life, right? Even as you're speaking to your family members, your spouse, your children, you ask God, God, what do you want me to say? Don't just start talking without being prompted. Like, you have to train yourself in these things, right? God, what do you want me to say? Is there something that I'm not seeing here? Open my eyes. Lord, I don't want to say what you don't want me to say, right? Or even when we're, you know, deciding, you know, like, oh, we want to move here or we want to. God, do you want me to move? Have we ever asked God? If somebody asked me one time, have you asked God, do you, does he want you to travel? We just make plans just like that. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm going here. I'm doing, you know, we just do it. But we never ask God, God, do you want me to do that? That's how you include God in everything that you do. And then you pay attention to see, God, what, what are you saying? Like you said today, pause. You pause a little bit and you listen. Okay, you've heard then you do what he says, right? You can't just hear and just say, oh, I heard from the Lord. Sometimes we just hear from the Lord just to say we heard from the Lord and everybody would know, oh, I, you heard from the Lord, really. But it's beyond just hearing. It's also doing what he has said. Anybody else? And I just wanted to add, I know you touched on that a little bit. Um, it's, it's okay to read the Bible. It's okay to... Um, carry on with Sunday school. It's okay to come to church on Sunday. It's okay. But it's um, just remember that it's a means to an end. So I read the word of God so that I can get to know the God of the word. That's what intimacy is all about. You're getting to know the one who created you. God is about communication. So let's be open in our communication. He loves us so much that he actually does want to interact, commune, and fellowship with us unhindered. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can you say one last thing? Yeah, please. 
Thank you very much. You see, God is about his kingdom. When Jesus came, it was about the kingdom of God. Amen? And even in his prayer, he said, he was teaching them, he said, pray this with our father. You see now the father relationship. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first earth is me. Is you. Is you. Is you. Is you. We are the church. We are united with him. Remember Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship created anew in Christ Jesus. He has prepared a work for us to reveal his love. To reveal his glory. Everything that God is. You say practical ways. One of the practical ways is like uh, Mary choosing to sit at Jesus' feet. And Martha was doing, they were doing two good things. But Martha wanted to please Jesus. But Jesus said, this one thing is needed at this time. Love drives me to the person that I love. I want to hear him. I want to spend time with him. That's where he equipped me to be a witness to my children, to my wife, to my, you know, to, before going out, before representing him, first of all, I have to go to him, his word, intimacy with the people. That's where Adam knew his wife. Children were born. Intimacy, best come out. Something, the glory of God is revealed in you. And then you can represent him. from anybody oh looks like our time is past time we are past time go ahead so yeah um what a time i know that i've been blessed so much and um what we wanted to do is you know before we have our pastors um a pastor come up for a pastor prayer um just give us all time to practice what we've just said i know you're not in your closet but you can pretend you're in your closet you know, and just you, God the Father, um, and, you know, God in front of you, and um, just say what you want to say. You know what you heard. You know, we've been talking for some time now. You know what has been dropped in your heart. Um, take, and again, take any position of your choice. I don't know what you want to do. Lie down, stand up, but what in, in anything you do, let's just have a time of that communion, communion with our Father. There's a place in John, um, if anyone is doubting, right, it says there that out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water, right? So from the depths of us, there's already that spirit in the inside of us, right? But we do want to make sure that that spirit is active, like stirred up and activated. Also, it says in, in scriptures that we should stir up the spirit that is in the inside of us. There are ways we can do that. If you have a heavenly language, we have a prayer language. If you can go ahead and start to pray in your in your in your prayer language, you can be you may be helping someone else in this room by your prayer and not even know it. Start to pray, 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 pray. 
as is being laid on your heart, just pray. You're before an audience of one right now. You're before an audience of one. 